three, two, one. Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. We are uh, somewhere in Kansas. When we originally planned on recording this episode, we thought it would be myself, Brad, and Jordan. But Brad has, uh, not Brad, Jordan has left us. When Jordan leave? Like two days ago? Three days ago? He didn't leave soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, he killed he killed he tagged out the first morning and uh he, he kinda left us with it here in Kansas. Yeah. We've been um we've been here like six days? Uh, we Seven got days? Here last a uh, week ago. It'll be a week tomorrow. Was today Monday? Mm-hmm. We got here well, we got here Monday evening. I've been here a week. Okay, yeah, because I got here Tuesday morning. Yeah. Early. Yep. Yep. So yeah, no, we are uh and this is probably gonna be a quicker episode because we're recording this like today is monday november 16th we're releasing this november 16th so we just got a little bit of window in between morning and evening before we go hunting again so this is probably going to be with like one of those 20 minute episodes <laughs> maybe well considering the last four days the way the deer move has been it won't take us long to talk about our hunt no unfortunately not but the first two days you know when jordan shot his deer he he caught up six bucks yeah in two hunts, three in the evening. What, what date was that? If today, all right, today's, hang on, pull my calendar I think that was the 10th. The 10th and 11th. Yeah, you're right. Because we, st- we started hunting, we got here Monday, started hunting Tuesday evening. So, and he, he called Bucks up Tuesday evening and he killed Wednesday morning. And then we called up three those same days. Mm-hmm. And from the 12th till now, I yeah. mean, it, it, I've never seen them shut down so tight dead dead i mean it went from deer running everywhere like there's one cornfield you and i hunted the afternoon of the ninth. it had 23 to 25 deer in it yeah and then since the last four days nothing maybe one yearling a doe yeah. and two yearlings i mean even the does aren't moving because if they stick their head out from the from the bushes then i mean them bucks are just wearing them out right now even then i was hoping because it's been slow and you know every i mean there's new hope every time a new day starts and i was like maybe today's the day today we did not this morning we saw not a deer yeah not one and and i'm i'm very encouraged and confident in the spots we're in i mean there yeah. the signs there we know the deer's there it's just there i mean they're literally not i've, I've never seen them locked down so tight mm. that i can remember we hadn't been like complacent either i mean we've been you know we've hunted and then we saw what they were doing we tried to move and capitalize on it and um i mean the two stands that we have been sitting in most recently were stands that we hung this week yep and there's bottleneck stands when bucks are moving these are the these are the places that you just i mean you see deer because these are places that funnel them down whether it be a river or a field a creek bottom you know because there's not much timber out here so it's pretty easy to you know find pinch points and thoroughfares yeah. and that kind of thing where they where they travel yeah and I mean, we've seen move down those pinch points like we like we wanted them to just not not the deer but you know something that i mean the first two days when we had deer coming into horns and the can and the buck roar still to this day people i get the question a lot so how you know how do you call I mean, can you call too much? Can you grunt too much? Can you bleat too much? And, you know, Jordan made a good point with the rattling horns. Like, when you hit those few days where those bucks are really on their feet looking for the first doe to come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are so responsive. It's so much fun. But, you know, rattling, do it every 20 minutes. Yeah. Jordan made a good point. He's like, because those deer are walking. And if you just do it once in the morning, once in the evening, I mean, your chances are good if one hears it. But mm-hmm. 
you don't if you spook a doe or something it doesn't matter you're not after a doe yeah. anyway so keep on those horns and and they have the maximum volume distance i guess yeah. is what I'm, you know they can hear those horns further than anything right and um then you just kind of back it up with a you want to sound like a a buck that's got a a hot doe and he's he's kind of guarding from other bucks rattling right. and he's you know snort wheezing to keep them away and man when they come in they come in i'm talking about they come running it's good too what was crazy to me is like, like what you were talking about is uh that first i think it was that eight point that you called him when we were sitting on that cut cornfield mm-hmm. how much i mean because we we saw him when we called to him so we watched his whole reaction and then you go from that stage to yesterday because we did see a buck yesterday afternoon was with a doe whereas the one the first one we saw out in the cut cornfield I mean, I think I don't even think you rattled at him. You just grunted, right? And boom, here he comes. I mean, they they pop them ears up and they look and they. they you, I love when their body posture changes and they turn. Yeah. Here they come, boom. Yeah. And uh, you made a good point yesterday. Like that doe comes out and he was about thirty yards behind her, and you said, "Do you see a buck?" I said, "Not yet." He said, "Well, he's got to be there." And sure enough, he steps in and mm-hmm. we made a few calls to him and he was he was interested watching him, but he was not going to leave that doe. And then you're like, mm-hmm. "That's just like calling up to end up." goblin spring i said you're exactly right he's yeah. not leaving that doe yeah i mean you always got to try i mean because i've heard stories of it happening here or there but most of the time they're going to stay with that doe well i can tell you one thing i remember and we tried this and it didn't work on this doe but i remember this has been several years ago we were in um near stafford kansas i believe and it was a it was two does and a buck following them and i got the cannon and for some reason it got those does attention because you know a lot of times this time of year, the yearlings and does are displaced because the bucks are chasing them. They, yeah. you know, they that they they kind of their first time apart, I guess, since mm-hmm. the, the you know the the fawns were born. Well, I actually called up those two does to the can. Yeah, I didn't grunt or nothing. I just kept canning, and sure enough, those does walked right out of me. Here he comes, and I shot him. So, yeah. So you can call up does, especially now. I think it's your best chance because of the. The fact that they're, you know, they they had they they're separated from their phone for the first time since, yeah. Whenever born June, July, whatever June, I guess up here. Mm-hmm. So, so don't be scared to try that kind of stuff this time of year. I think it, like don't be scared, and then I think it's it's like important to know which we know because we saw it happen, but it it helps to know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, because if you if someone hadn't been hunting the past you know x amount of days consistently, and say it's like their weekend to hunt. They go on a Saturday, they climb from the tree, and they have a morning like we had this morning. They're like, goodness, it's November. And, you know, in the Midwest, they're supposed to be running and chasing right now. And, you know, we hey. know we know that because we watched it go from running to whoop, lockdown. And we've talked to several people in this area, north of here, a little south of here, and they're, 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 they're seeing, and some some outfitters we know, their their clients are seeing the same thing. Like, yeah. It was it was wide open and then uh, somebody hit the parking brake. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Even on uh, Mr. Mr. Jerry, who were who were who were up here with, he uh, has a cell camera up at one of the places not far from where we were hunting. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten I think he'd gotten pictures of bucks the past two evenings and then ever since or the past two evenings before yeah. the same period that we're talking about. Yep. Yeah, and then all of a sudden whoosh, nothing. Nothing. So it's, weird. it's hard to deal with. I guess, I mean, the really only thing you can do is stay consistent and hope that it breaks loose sooner or It'll later. It'll change, and the weather's been good. I mean, it hasn't been, like, extremely cold, but it's been cool, and we have good, strong winds and yeah. consistent winds for the most part, and um, they just are not, they're just not moving. Mm-mm. I want to pull up 
I like a, uh, answering questions on here that get sent in. And someone someone actually sent sent this today. Um, they said, and we touched on this a second ago, but just try to go more in depth. Um, more in depth on rattling techniques, times of the season to do it, how often throughout a hunt do you do it, how long are the sequences that you rattle. So we, we touched on how often you rattle. But he's at this guy's asking about the timing within the season that you want to rattle and then the actual rattling sequence. How long? You know, how long do you go cracking the horns together? Well definitely the you know, the ruts the time you all look for when the bucks are and, and what they're doing, they hear two bucks fighting and I feel like that they're thinking, Okay, one there's a doe there and they're fighting over a doe. You know, that's a big part of why they come in, especially the first few days and once the rut starts, mm. they're not leaving that doe. They got what they want. But as as those does get bred and there's fewer and fewer and fewer of them and those bucks start walking again, I mean, I think it's just as effective then. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite as intense as the first few days yeah. before the rut, but definitely still effective, you know, kind of on the tail end as it starts winding down. It's effective enough that you should try it. Oh, yes. Yeah. And like you said, I think you see more a more intense response to the rattling right there at the beginning, but it definitely still works. I guess I've seen it enough over the years. I've watched as many as, you know, eight bucks and chase one doe. Yeah. And, you know, you have one dominant buck and he's fending them off and you, I just kind of put it, get it in my head like, okay, I'm, I'm grunting aggressive. You know, I'll, I'll get it like we call it the buck roar. And that's for a reason. I remember the first time I ever heard the, that was in Pike County, Illinois, many, many years ago. And it's just like a, mm-hmm. like it's a, it's literally a roar yeah. and it's an intense, aggressive sound that, you know, bucks are there excited. They're, it's the time of year when, you know, yeah. when, when they're the most aggressive. Yeah. Um, you know, they go from, and you got to kind of think about your stand placement too, because they go from certain areas where they, when they're buddies, they hang out together. But, you know, me and you had one stand that had as an old bunch of yeah. buildings and a fence there. And we, we had several deer come almost to us, but they did, wouldn't commit. Yeah. And I think it was because it's like going up in a dead end alleyway. Yeah. Um, when they're buddies, they're, they're not worried about it. They're hanging around in there and stage up before they go out in the cornfield. But now, you know, it's just yeah. It, everybody's don't like everybody right now. Yeah, it's life or <laughs> it's life or death right now. I, I want, wanted to bring that up anyway because that's when uh, like the one really intense grunt roar that I've heard all week was at that spot and yep. that deer we almost called in. We were sitting there and just from across the cornfield, it was a ways off, but I heard. Well, you heard it. You said I just heard one grunt. I'm telling you. And I said, well, I didn't hear it, but your 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 ears are way younger than mine, and and you hear good, which is fun to hunt with you because you do hear so well. But I just started rattling and then grunting, like, and then snort wheeze. You know, that's an aggressive snort wheeze is very effective too. So, just in your mind, just think about a buck. You know, that's got a hot doe. He's kind of gardener, let's say that, and there's another one or two other bucks. Just kind of coming in getting close well he's going to be aggressive to try to fend them off because that's his girl at that point and um, you just try to think about what that would be like what that situation is as far as the length of rattling to answer that question in more detail I mean sometimes I'll do a short burst that may last 10 or 15 seconds and I might do one that lasts 45 seconds Yeah. so you just want the deer to you want to get their attention is what I'm trying to do I want them to hear it then I want to follow it up with with a couple aggressive grunts a snort wheeze and maybe a can, yeah, you know, bleed or two. Yeah, one thing that that I'm always big on with rattling, and 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 all of us do it that I've seen, is I mean, you got rattling horns, 
when you're trying to make some noise. I've exactly. Seen, I've seen some folks that get them and it's like they're scared. They don't want to get, you know, they'd be like ginger with it, just kind of tightly clanging them together. I mean, you crack those horns together. <laughs> I mean, it, those, when those deer are fighting right now during during the any of the rut phases, they're trying. I mean, they're literally yeah, they're trying to kill each other. I mean, that's what, the guys. You know, y'all have seen probably held deer antlers in your hands. You'll see bucks this time of year with antlers and tines busted off. You know how hard they got to hit each other for that to happen? I mean, they're getting with it. <laughs> um, but it, it's just all about that scenario. You, though, when those bucks are moving, looking for other deer, that's that's why the calls work so good certain yeah. times of year and certain times of year. They're not as effective. Yeah. You know, early season, it's more of a curiosity thing. So I wouldn't get as aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, where I say that in, in Mississippi – which I rut is mid to late December. I think it was October 18th. I cut a deer. I had found two deer locked up, one yeah. dead, one still alive, and I cut the horns off, one of the horns off the dead one and freed them. So it just, when they first start that dominance yeah. game, you know, I, I guess it's probably, it probably happens a lot more than we realize, but they do, they do yeah. get into it. But I think early on it's more of a tickle, you know, like a kind of trying to fill out their horns and, I've seen like, like what you said. Most of the time, in that early in the season in Mississippi, at least, I've seen bucks fight. You know, nor that they're sparring, but that one like, like you found locked up like that. I've seen them get into it like that, but it's been rare. Right. But obviously they did. But you put that you put that video on your Instagram page, right? Yeah, and Kate, like y'all, I think I think we've talked about that before. But if you haven't, that what Brad's talking about with the with the deer being locked up, that's on your Instagram page. It's a pretty cool video. Well, that one was dead, and it had been. That's how I found him. I smelled that one first, and he had to have been dead. I, the more I think about it, it had to be at least five days. Yeah. Because it, several people ask, was he piebald? Well, no, he'd been dead that long where his hair yeah. was slipping, coming yeah. out. And that was his skin. And something that ate part of one of his hindquarters. And uh-huh. I don't know. But when I freed that other deer up, he was like, he was in shock, I think, and just stood there. And finally, I let him catch his breath for a minute, and I threw a stick in front of him. It splashed in the water in the creek, and he took yeah. off. It's just glad. I mean, luckily you were there. You, I mean, obviously you'd rather not any of them die like that. But at least the other one was able to. You know, you're able to save him. Oh, I don't know if I told you, I did get a picture of that deer too um, last week. Really? Mm-hmm. So he made it. He made it. He's still yeah. alive. Two. I mean, well, a week ago now. Because so. I, did, I did think about that. I was like, man, I hope he's all right. But I hope he didn't get so stressed. You know. But if he showed up he last showed week, up then he's fine. Plain as day, not a mistake. So that was about two weeks after. That's cool. I cut him apart. Yep. So, that's cool i was glad to see that yeah i'm gonna put him off limits this year he he did he's already been through enough i'm gonna <laughs> see what he does how, how old a deer was i it? think he's three and a half gotcha because you really can't in that video there he's flailing around so much trying to get loose from that buck you really can't study him all that much yep. i had i had seen him before in pictures and i had him at three and a half and yeah. pretty sure he is but but be interesting to see if he makes it throughout the year yeah yeah it's crazy those animals they're so tough very tough I don't know how they do what they do. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's midday, and we have we're gonna hunt one more evening, and then we'll head back to Mississippi in the morning. Well, hopefully, we'll have a story next week about the one we shot this evening in the stand we call the chicken coop. Like yeah. literally, we're at the old homestead, and we're our stand is right. I mean, if I could jump out of my stand, I could land on the roof of the chicken coop. That's what I said when I was I was up there, I was hanging the lock on for it, and I was like, well, if I fall out, I don't have that far to fall. I'll hit this tin roof. And then bounce another, yeah. I may go through it or bounce <laughs> off of it. Yeah, it's pretty old. It's been years. It's been many, many years yeah. since anybody lived there. Yeah, it's cool because you know, there's like that old horse tying post right there. I mean, there ain't no telling 
how long that stuff's been there but like the only thing i can say to like if i'm sure i know we have other listeners that are from kansas or hunt kansas frequently so there's probably a chance some folks will be listening to us that are hunting in kansas they're going we're seeing the same thing mm-hmm. but then again you might talk to somebody too that man they, they said man our deer are going crazy it's just yeah I, I think overall it's all pretty similar but you're still gonna have your odd deer here there that's going to be moving in between yeah. those and so you you got to go I mean. yeah well, that's what i'm saying the best advice we can give i guess is just stick with it mm-hmm. don't let you i mean even if the hunting is the uh the hunting is kind of falling off on the action don't let yourself complacent and try to make something happen hunt something on the wrong wind or anything like that we're still following all of the, all of those rules we're just sitting well, it out well i think it's fair to say that all of us that that love this november time frame whether we're bow hunting or gun hunting just being in the woods and having that being the time of year it is hearing the turkeys and watching the squirrels i mean all that didn't mean as much to me you know several years ago as it does now but just being out there is is a blessing for us you know i always i'm always thinking about the little things that we take for granted you know watching a squirrel jump on a limb hearing a turkey (laughs) You know, watching a turkey fry across a little creek or something mm. while you're deer hunting. I mean, that's the little stuff that we love the outdoors so much, and it's for those little things like that. So yeah. I used to maybe get discouraged, like, man, I want to shoot a deer. But now I'm like, I get to sit in these woods and enjoy this creation. Yeah. That's that's the blessing right there. Yeah, I, I told you this morning. I said, you know, usually in a hunt like this, and we've been hunting this hard, and we have a limited amount of days, and we're, you know, we're trying to – video and that and the other said there's been times in the past where i'm I'm getting like man we need to do something we need to whereas like obviously you know i would i would love for a big shooter buck to come into bow range for you know for you but i'm like you know we're trying our best and it is what it is and just enjoy it because it is it is you know most of the deer hunting we do now is in the southeast at home anyway so it's kind of cool to see you know these woods this time of year and that cold weather and turkey turkeys don't gobble that much this time of year back home but they got they gobble in the mornings up here which is fun for me <laughs> yeah yeah almost i thought i was gonna lose you the other day when they started gobbling at daylight but yeah you know we might get we might see a big one this evening we might not but hey we've had fun we've hunted hard we've been in the trees seven eight hours a day getting up at four thirty every morning i mean yeah in good spots i mean sign everywhere it's just it's just been the the situation ain't nothing you can do about it might have a 180 inch deer walk by today it's possible it's very possible. I hope it is. Yeah. We're going to be rad. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't want to shoot water, but yeah, it, well, like it, it has been fun. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's been very fun. And um, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be heading out to the tree not too long from now. Uh, we'll wrap this up. We'll hunt this evening. Hopefully, we'll get one. If not, that's fine, too. And pack up tomorrow, go back to Mississippi, and we'll be back at Kudzu Bluff for the foreseeable future yeah for the rest of the season so everybody out there who listens to this you know we wish you a safe and successful hunt and you know don't take climbing out of them tree stands for granted no. take your time be sure you got three points of contact and i used to not worry about that either now i'm so conscious of it because it don't take but a second and you could be uh it could change your life i had a guy actually and um i, I won't go too too far on a tangent on this but probably going to do more sometime in the future do an episode even more on that because i had a guy reach out to me um and ask me to do a podcast episode just on tree stand safety because i think i think he's somewhere around my age mm-hmm. and just got in the habit of never wearing a harness Oof. fell out i think he broke his leg or something you know, something you know and it's it ain't worth it so yeah put that safety harness on yeah put the safety harness on and just think about 
getting in and out take your time and check check straps do the whole deal just it's it takes an extra few seconds to that that could really save your life literally Mm -hmm. so but everybody out there listening good luck hope y'all have plenty of um success and and laughs for the rest of the the midwest rut and send us some pictures if you get some please do and send in questions we'll get to them um and that'll be it we're gonna sign off head up to a tree thank you as always for listening to the speak the language podcast